Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line on a Friday as we say hi and welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. DJ Michael Lombardi in Jersey. The playlist, you know on Fridays the playlist is lit. What do you got, man? Little Bruce, you know, we had a little Bruce. We were just actually, really, it was more of a, a serene setting here in the great Garden State. Patrick, we were listening to the little Mario Puzo on Charlie Rose show. Fascinating interview. On YouTube, I mean, like, seriously, Patrick, here's one of the biggest problems I've had. If I were a college student today, I could have gotten great grades. This Google and YouTube, I mean, you can actually be really smart. Like, you could be really, like, how are you not smarter than this? Like, it's the easiest thing of all. It's unbelievable. At your fingertips. They call it YouTube University. It is anything you need. You want to edify yourself on anything, you go to YouTube. You go to the university. It's that simple. It's unbelievable. Now, I wish we had a site that I can go help make, make people money and pick all these games correctly and go 100-0 for 100 games. But, you know, that's a little harder said than done. You know, we got it. This is why we try. This is why we lift all them weights, Patrick. This is why we got to get in here and do it, right? 17-14, your boys, the Browns. What would you think yeah. overall? Again, timing the market, so important here. Uh, if you wanted the Broncos, you should have foreseen this coming. You could have got the number Tuesday, Wednesday at three and a half and still covered. If you wanted the Browns, you knew it was to wait. Yesterday we sat here, it was one, it closes two. So again, timing the market, but your overall thoughts here. Well, I think the guy who lost the most money last night wasn't any better. 
It really wasn't. It wasn't any better. Uh-oh. It was Baker Mayfield. Uh-oh. It, was, it had to be, right? I mean, you, they won a game without him. All right, so let me ask you this question, Patrick. They, they got 23 first downs in the game, How, and they were 9 for 15 on third down. How much better would they have been had Baker played? Would they have won 30 to 7, 30 to 14? Nominally. Would Nominally. they have won 24 to 14? There is your answer. There it is. So the loser of last night wasn't anybody who bet the Broncos at one and a half. The loser last night was, to me, Baker Mayfield thinking he's going to make $40 million a year. So I can't go for that. That's a John Holmes no, bet. That's a John. That's a John. Holmes <laughs> bet. That would be a different show, John Holmes. Um, yeah. <laughs> the but let's let's talk about this. Let's unpack this a little bit. Case Keenum is the perfect backup because he's not going to make yeah. mistakes. It's not like he has a big gun. But what was he? Twenty-one of thirty-three, one ninety-nine, a touchdown, no picks. But the Baker thing. Now we understand he has a broken bone in the shoulder as well. So this is going to linger. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and, and you could say, well, you know, the, the, the Browns weren't great. They didn't have their two starting running backs. They held the ball for 37 minutes and changed 36 and the 51 was 37 minutes. They did everything. The other thing I think is pretty clear. You know, when I was, I tweeted this out yesterday and people really didn't understand what I was trying to say. And it's hard to do it on Twitter, but when Ozzie Newsome first left playing, and he came up into the into the scouting department. He was basically, he wanted to learn the scouting profession from the grassroots. And so we would get in there and we'd start talking about players and discussing this. And we a guy would drop the ball. And Ozzie said, you know, I had great hands when I was playing. I, I never fumbled other than my first year. And I usually caught everything. He said, but at the end of my career, I started to have a lot of drops. And he said, partly, and the reason I did is my legs were gone. Hmm. And that, that that was 19, I guess it was 91, 92, maybe 91, 92, when he said that to me. And it resonated with me. And actually, Belichick and I still talk about it to this day. We talk about that as guys, knowing that guys are at the end. You see it in the NBA. You know, an inbounds pass goes to an older player. You know, and he, and he fumbles it. He doesn't really handle it very well. It's not clean when the guy had great hands. You know, and I think we see that with Beckham. I mean, Beckham isn't the same player. He hasn't been the same player since he's left New York. And frankly, he hasn't been the same player since he made the one-handed catch in the, in the, in the, in the Giants, you know, against the Cowboys. So, to me, I, I thought that. I, I think the Browns play with a bunch of their backups and were still able to win the game. For Denver, I think Denver's in a precarious situation. I think that we know Teddy Two Gloves is good, not great. I think Denver will be strong players. And I know Brian Flores denied this. I'm told that Denver will be strong players if Tua is made available. You do. I do. Are you telling me something or are you positing? I'm telling you, I think they'll be strong players. You know, if, if say, say, you know, you have to get, you know, uh, Houston wants a first round pick. Miami doesn't have one. Well, can they trade for Denver's one? You know, when you look at Denver's team, last night, and I think Patrick Sertan's a really good player, but how they didn't draft a quarterback in last year's draft is a complete miscalculation and a complete misevaluation. Once again, design over production. Poor design. How they didn't take a quarterback, I don't know. The reward is always, even if it bombs, even if the quarterback, a Dwayne Haskin bombs, the reward, if it hits, is it will always surmount the risk. 
So to your point, no doubt. You, you have to take those risks on a quarterback. It is what keeps people employed. Even if you take Ted, even if you traded for Teddy, take the quarterback. Let Teddy play this year. Put bring Justin Fields or Mac Jones in next year, and know you've got it solved. I mean, look, there's nothing more important than the quarterback. There's nothing more. I think back to drafts. You know, when I was at the Raiders, we had a scout that loved Ben Roethlisberger. His name was Angie Koya. He wanted to draft Ben. We had the second pick in the draft, but we convinced ourselves, me included, I'm just as guilty as anybody is that, you know, we had Rich Gannon coming back. We'll get Kerry Collins. You know, we'll, we let we let Rivers go. We let Roethlisberger go. We weren't in love with Eli. You know, even if Eli makes the Hall of Fame, I'm not sure he is a Hall of Fame player. But the point here is every time you think you're good at quarterback and you really don't have a guy that you could say, here it is, you're not good at quarterback. The, Teddy and some others, and we can bring up some names, it's getting cute trying to plug holes at quarterback. If you're just trying to, if you, if you want a competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, if there is a competition, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer because Drew Locke ain't the answer. So what are you creating? No. Yeah. And look, and look what happened yesterday, last night. I mean, this is, this is the power of being able to control the game through the running game. And I know all these analytical people don't want to hear about it. Right. And I get that. I understand the running game doesn't score a lot of points. I'm completely with you on the analytical side. But like Brendan Staley said about the running game, it gives you physicality. It gives you pace. The Broncos, the Broncos, after they came out at halftime, they had a 13-play drive. That was their only drive in the third quarter. They only got the ball two more times in the fourth quarter. That's all they had the ball. They only had the ball for six minutes and 41 seconds in the fourth quarter. They ran 16 plays in the fourth quarter. You know, how are they going to do that? How can they do that? You know, and so it's going to be very difficult. You know, they ran the, excuse me, they ran 20 plays in the fourth quarter. They only had two drives. They only had two drives. They ran the three play and out. They ran a punt and then they scored the touchdown. It took them 17 plays to score the touchdown to make it 17-14. And in the first and half, then the, the Browns got the ball. The Browns got the ball with five minutes to go in the game, and they never got it again. Yep, milked it. First half, the Broncos had 76 yards on offense. They didn't convert a third down. And, you know, the, the, the statement was made. They never looked back after Keenum. This is why he's the perfect backup. Five plays, 75 yards, opening drive score. There it is. He set, he set the tone. Yeah, I mean, they played from in front. Yep. Five and you can really do that with a run plays. game. <laughs> You could do that with the run. You do it with the screen game. You know, I mean, look, we've said this all along. Denver's defense wasn't very good. That line movement to Denver, I thought the game would go over because I thought what we witnessed last night were two not very good defenses. Only the game got so reduced by the amount of plays that, you know, a 13-play drive by Denver, a 17-play drive. You know, in the first half alone, Cleveland had two 12- and 13-play drives. I mean, that's 25 plays on two drives alone. That eats up a lot of clock. You know, I wrote this down in my notes last night while watching it. I thought the Bronco tackling was bad. I, I didn't think they yeah. ta- tackled well. The it just kind of seemed no soft. Linebacker. They lost Jewel and they lost Alexander Johnson. And then they lost the linebacker during the game. You know, and so they have no linebackers. I mean, the depth of the team was really was debilitated. And then they lost Von Miller, who's not the same Von Miller that we all know. He's not the same player. He can't take over a game. And their offensive line, as much as Mike Munchak is a really good coach, their offensive line, Denver, has not played well. They haven't. 
Well, I was thinking that while watching it. The Browns are a throwback in the respect of you talked about the run game, but really what's been constant is they got a good offensive line. Even with the injuries, they protect. Yeah, no, and they run they block. Got a really good run game. And their running game is married to their passing game. Their play action pass is all linked together. And more importantly, more importantly, they know who they are. They know who they are. They can't get into a drop back game. Denver, if I see Denver throw one more pass under the under the chains, below the chains, and expect <laughs> them to run for the first down, I'm going to lose my mind. Like we got to push the ball down the field. Okay, so what do we learn? Let's start with the Browns. We'll come back talk to Broncos for the betters moving forward. What do we four and three? What do we think about the Browns moving forward? Well, I think, you know, they need to get healthy. They're not going to beat the good teams with the way they are. And and Keenum, if they don't if they don't play their style, like against Arizona where they get behind fourteen to nothing, they will have a very hard time. All right. There it is. Seventeen fourteen. The under was always the play. Even when it closed 40, I was surprised by that as well. Closed 40 looked like in the second half as they started to break open a little bit. But as you mentioned, Cleveland just controlled the ball, controlled the clock and Denver really never sniffed it. So that really great, great lesson here. If you took the Broncos at three and a half, then you come back and take the Browns only given a point. Yep, you middle you could it. Double dip. And, yeah, that's and, double middle dip. it. And there it was. Dip. And you might win them both. And you could have and you would have won them both. All right, that's the Browns. Michael Lombardi will come back. What do we learn? And what do we know? Four straight losses for the Broncos. They're three and four now. Moving forward as a better. What do we do here? Plus, Ben Simmons met with his teammates and 76er brass. What's up? We'll find out. It's the Lombardi line on a Friday. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. 
Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, football season is upon us. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com. Download the app.com to correct myself. BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. If you're in town, bring that ID. You're ready to go at a BetMGM property. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, ton to do, including updating the NBA board with Ben Simmons. That's a big game tonight. Oh, well, uh, not that you, you know, care. I mean, we're one block, one block. And, you know, the, I get no love for the heat last night. I mean, the dominating win over Milwaukee, dominating. And, you know, I get no love for that at all. I mean, that's just unexcusable. Just going to put that out there. It's been 12 minutes. Uh, I'll try to get to it at I, some point. You know, I, we, you. I can hear the conversations during the break. You and Bill Berman, you two together are a dangerous duo. That's all I can tell you. That's all I'll, that's all I'll tell you. He, he's, he encourages you, and then you go off. Congratulations on your heat. That was, well, not yeah. only was it their biggest, let's see, 137.95. That was the, a record for opening night in scoring and margin of victory. But you, you said it astutely. You didn't think the Bucks would be up for it, and they very much weren't. Look at the rebounding numbers. The Heat, 58-38 to 38 advantage in rebounding. I think more than anything, and I don't want to dismiss the, the reverse to the contrarian to the reverse to the back contrarian to the front. I don't want to dismiss that. But what I do want to say, if you're going to bet NBA early in the season, particularly in October, November, is you got to read the rhythms. you got to read the rhythms. And the Bucks coming off playing – you know, that game the other night, uh, playing the Nets and then flying to Miami and to South Beach. No, no. That had all the earmarks of, like, that's not going to work out. That that had all the – no, that was a smart play there, you know, to stay away, to stay – you know. And, and it had nothing to do with Drew Holiday not being in the game. It had everything to do with that wasn't going to be the moment where we saw it. So The Bucks know, and, got and their look, rings. Played, yeah, they got their rings. They, got they their celebrated. Rings, and they- the Heat – I mean, this game was over at the half. I mean, Butler played what he played, like 29 minutes in the game. You know, so Kyle and Kyle Lowry was hard. He didn't even play well. He well, was one for eight from the floor. How about Hero Ball? Your boy, 27 points, Tyler Hero, in just 24 minutes off the bench. So that's pretty impressive. Bam, 20, Bam's going to yeah. be, Bam is 20 and 13. He's a stud. But again, you look at those rebounding numbers, a lot of that comes down to effort. And you mentioned it. Uh, the Bucks weren't there. And they got, well, would they, they get beat they by 142 there. points? That's a cover yeah, on the two and a half. And, 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 and I would say as a, as a devout Heat fan, <laughs> I didn't think the Heat played their best game. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. Um, 
You are you. You are a devout Heat fan. Uh, the Bucks. Uh, that number. Remember, as Michael mentioned, the Bucks open a point favorite. It flipped to two and a half. Michael was right there. The Mavs go to the Hawks and get blown out one thirteen eighty seven. Then late night. The Clippers cash at four and a half, but the Warriors win. They're two and zero, oh, and Steph was just—I mean, he started off like ten for ten. He was insane. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was great. And you know, give the Clippers some credit. Without Kawhi, they—they were—they competed in that game. You know, I mean, the the the, the first quarter starts out forty four twenty seven. You think, okay, this is over, right? This is just going to be the you know, the war. The the Clippers are going to retreat. You know, and they come back and they put a 40 spot on in the second quarter. So it's early. I don't think we can really learn anything about these teams. We do know that, that you know, let's be honest here, that, uh, the, you know, this Curry's incredible. And I thought that really, I think we've seen the resurgence of Paul George. I've been hard on him over mm-hmm. the last few years. But I think his playoff run and how he played against Phoenix, and the, I know he ran out of gas, but... You know, last night he played 37 minutes. He puts up 29 points, 10 rebounds, 11 rebounds. Pretty impressive. So, Bill, uh, Berman will care about this, but you won't care about this game tonight. And it's a big one. 76ers open their season at home. They're Wells Fargo. Here comes the Nets. The Nets open one. A couple shops got them three. Most shops have them two and a half, but obviously the Nets are getting bet here. No doubt. I mean, look, they're getting bet because in the uncertainty of the Philadelphia situation, I think this, and we also had this discussion, you know, I think what Maury said yesterday is the right thing to do. And and I just wrote about it for the Daily Coach on Monday. Uh, Basically, what Maury says is what we call the law of threes. There's three groups of people in every organization, right? Guys that will do anything you want them to do, guys who are undecided, and guys you can't make happy. Well, as a leader, when you cater to the guys in group three, like if you're going to kiss Ben Simmons' butt, you're going to piss off everybody in group one and two. What Maury said yesterday was the only thing he could say was, look, if it takes four years, it takes four years, but I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I'm indifferent. Indifference is one of the great tools we have in life in almost every area of our life. It really is. When you're indifferent, you become, a, especially when you're trying to trade somebody or trade for somebody, indifference increases the value. It's a powerful tool. And I think by being indifferent, he basically sent a clear message to Rich Paul. He sent a clear message to Mr. Simmons that, hey, do whatever you want to do, but but unless you change, we're not we're not going we're not doing anything. We're not just going to give you away. I think that was the right thing. And I think this has unified the Philadelphia 76ers team. I think you're actually seeing Embiid, who I often criticize, becoming a better leader. You know, I was told reliably that whenever they had a team meeting, Embiid would attend, but he would be in a folding chair in the back of the room. Now it sounds like they're all buying in. And I think they're buying in because of Simmons' buying out. I think it's helped them. I think it'll help them, help them tonight. Plus, I think Maxie will be a good player for them. I mean, Harden will have a hard time staying in front of Maxie tonight. Kind of galvanized the team. Ben Simmons met with his teammates, and he met with the brass today. And he said he's not mentally ready to play. I believe that's a technicality where he still gets played if it's a mental excuse. Um, but like you said, well, I, I think I think that yeah, yeah, no, I mean he's been cleared to play. So you know, like he's going to have to. And I'm sure there's, there, I'm sure they're going to keep their thumb on this. You know, if he misses anything, you know, and if he's not in tune, I mean that's the only chance they have. They're ignoring him, and he's not going to affect their culture because their culture is built against him. He doesn't want to be here. We're going to go on. As Embiid said, we're not going to babysit. I like him. I actually like him better. This will actually make him tougher. 
That was quite an impassioned synopsis of the Philadelphia 76ers for a person that doesn't care. Right. And I think partly because, you know, I had this conversation earlier. I rehearsed <laughs> it with Sim- with Mr. Berman next door, who does care. So I think it was good. You know, it was a little bit like, a, you know, it was a rehearsal. You know, when off, you don't get a chance because you ask all the questions. I don't get a chance to rehearse. Right. So I had a chance to rehearse here. Right. That's I, why you liked it better. <laughs> I know. I understand. I, I, here's the problem, and this is long-term for the show. If Ben Simmons is dealt and Embiid <laughs> continues to step up, you're a big leadership guy, maybe a sea change back to Wells Fargo in Philadelphia. That's I will the admit, issue. In the, in, the, in the face of authenticity, I, I can be lured back. I've been lured back many times. I, have, I will admit that. I, I have been lured back, and, you know, I can always come back. But right now, I'm indifferent. So, and, and you do love Maxi, and you do love some of the pieces. Hey, Daryl Morey, if you, if, if you want one of the four leaders as far as thought and business and leadership and Michael Lombardi back on your team, you better do something, bro. And yesterday was yeah. a good step. I thought it was a great step. I think he just basically, and he told the NBA, look, we're not going to take your scraps. And just because he's unhappy, you know, it's, you remember that scene where Jerry and George are sitting in the coffee shop and, you know, and George is like saying, why can't I be like that? That Because you're not as good as he is. Yes, I am. No, you're not. You know, that, that scene back and forth. Well, that's really the kind of, I mean, at some point, somebody's got to tell Ben Simmons, you're not James Harden. You can't just force your way out of someplace. What do you think about the two and a half with the Nets getting bet here? Well, I, th- I think it, it'll be, uh, you know, I think the one of the issues not having the 6'11 guy, the size of the Nets will give them some trouble. You know, who's going to guard Durant in this game? Can Tobias guard him? I mean, it's going to be an issue. Uh, so I, I would lean towards taking the Nets here. But I think Philly will play well tonight. I mean, Danny Green didn't score in the last game at all. I mean, I think they could space the floor fairly well. Furkan was sensational in the last game. I mean, he was hitting threes from everywhere. It's interesting, too, because Brooklyn opening night in Milwaukee is not going to inspire the better, but the better can be swayed. And it's almost like the perception of the 76ers is worse than it should be. Because as you mentioned, this could be galvanizing. Like we see chaos, but within it, it's, it's a rallying point. I think it is. I really do. I think, I think it's something, it's a bridge to unite, unify the team. And with, with Danny green and some of the guys they have back in there, I think it certainly helps them. You know, I think it helps them, and I think they, they kind of know they have to be a part of it. Will you check in? Will you check check in on Nets 76ers tonight, or just hang out? Or uh, you know, oh, that game's in South Philly tonight. I will be in South Philly tonight, but I won't be at the game. You won't be sitting on the wood. I w- no, I won't be. I'll be in South Philly at a social club there. All Italians. It's wonderful. No way. That's. Yeah. <laughs> if you said it was going to be you're, a bunch of Irish people, I'd be surprised. You're Michael no, Lombardi. It's perfect. Be... South Philly, it's a, it's a social club. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I got my man next to, he's coming with us, so it'll be a, it's a it's a it's a dinner date. Lombardi Imperioli. You know, so you're walking back in time. You're walking back in time when you walk into this club. It's 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 incredible. You going to be eating good? Oh my god. Mud on. That's the best. It's good. Take a look at the Don't week's eat lunch today. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I wasn't invited. We'll take a look at the week seven board coming up. I heard you talking Baltimore. Let's get into that game next here. Lombardi line presented yeah. by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. 
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we're just talking the association. You can't bet it this year without the NBA betting guide, strategies, best bets, in-depth analysis from our experts. JBT, Jonathan Von Tobel did a great job. They provide strategy, advice, everything you need for $9.99. So cheap. VSEN.com slash subscribe. Again, NBA betting guide, VSEN.com slash subscribe. Okay, I want to get to Baltimore. Can I just quickly want to ask you six, what, five college football games tonight, Friday Night Lights, and one, not necessarily near and dear, but you do know Jed fish. Well, he's at Arizona yeah. and here comes Washington. So this is surprising to me. Obviously it's an 0 six Arizona team. They can't get the quarterback situation figured out. They can't stop giving the ball away. They just got blown out by what? 38, nothing in Colorado last week. So nothing. That's, yeah, I mean, it's an Colorado, issue. Yeah. It's an issue. But and they lost just and they lost, they lost Gunnar Cruz in that game to a to a thumb injury. So yeah. he's out. You know, and they lost uh, they they they've lost the original. They lost uh, their, their their former starting quarterback, and, and he's out. He actually gave him a chance to play. McLeod and you know McLeod, excuse me. Yeah, and then they lost two starters on defense. So they're they're kind of really beat up. He, my my question though is, I'm not sure Washington, whose offense is just just molasses. I'm not sure they should be laying 17 and a half on the road. And that's the number you check. Take a look. 40. No, I know. That's I know. a big and, number. And there seems to be, it's a huge number. And, and Arizona's just so bad at quarterback. Will Plummer will be the starter. I'm sure they're going to rotate some other guys in. They lost two law offensive linemen. I mean, they had a chance six to nothing in the Colorado game last week. And they got the ball in the one inch line, literally the one inch line. And they couldn't get it in from there. The quarterback, it might've been one of the worst quarterback sneaks I've ever seen in my entire NFL career by the quarterback. So, look, they're a wounded duck at Arizona. I mean, Jet Fish is trying to rebuild this program. Not a lot of talent on the roster. Uh, Kevin Sumlin kind of left this place in, in disarray. They've got to have a really good recruiting class coming in. They just got to get through the next few weeks. This will be a true challenge tonight for Arizona. Seven and a half, 17 and a half dogs on the road at home. The 12, I mean, at home, yeah, dogs. I got you. 12 turnovers last four games for Arizona. That's disgusting. And, you know, just as an aside, has there ever been a bigger and quicker fall from grace? He kept getting jobs. But what Kevin Sumlin was a rocket yeah. ship as a candidate. I mean, and his last two jobs yeah. turned into disasters. I mean, he went from Houston to, to A&M, and then he couldn't get the A&M program going, and then he went to Arizona and, you know, really did nothing at Arizona, and that's why you don't see him coaching anywhere. Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, what happens is I think we always criticize players for getting happy with contracts and not producing on a big contract. But there are, there are, and Ed Orgeron's a perfect example of this, there are coaches who get contentment. I mean, Ed Orgeron basically stopped working. You know, he stopped working down there. He stopped, you know, he's he got other things off the field activities. I mean, you know, you don't make that settlement at LSU if, 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 if he's not really dug in. He wasn't committed. And it's hard to sustain success in any sport. It really is. Ed Ogeron was working. It just wasn't coaching football. He was busy though. That's my true. man, my man, yeah, my true. man, my man was busy. I, you know, Ed had two phones. Ed had two phones for a reason. <laughs> Yes, he did. I'll leave it at that. And Carl Johnson tomorrow can expand on that. 
he can go from there. And the interesting thing, and we'll get to Baltimore now, the interesting thing with Sumlin, oftentimes in college, it becomes political. So remember, his year for year one at A&M, he got Kyle Allen and he got Kyler Murray, both five stars. He got cute with them and divvied up the playing time, and they both got frustrated and transferred. So there goes Kyle Allen, who's in the league, and obviously Kyler Murray, who's complete 73% of his passes. He lost both of the quarterback recruits because he was trying to juggle and make people happy. It's just, it's a completely different game in college. Can I share something with you today? Yes, of course. Here's what I think. I think now that LSU has declared their job open, I think every coach is going to go play LSU as if it's a job interview. I think every head coach is going to try to convince the administration at LSU that they should be the next head coach. It's one of the top three jobs in college football. And I promise you, Lane Kiffin is working diligently, diligently, harder than diligently. I wish I had another word than diligently. He will do everything in his power to try to show the people at LSU that he should be their next head coach. He's going to make it so that they walk away from that stadium in Oxford, Mississippi, saying, wow, wish we had him as our coach. And that's not going to change next week. I think this line now, it's up to nine already. It opened at 10. It kind of bounced around. I lay the nine easily. I lay the nine easily because I think this is going to be Lane Kiffin is going to try to prove to people he should be the next head coach at LSU. And he's going to use Corral and his, all his skilled players, which we saw how ineffective the, the LSU defense can be when you get somebody who knows what he's – he'll call the same play again. You know, I mean, it's inexcusable that Florida lost that game last week. But that being said, I think us as a betting network, us as betters listening to this program – that is what's going. That's the mindset of every team that will play LSU moving forward. It's almost like Cincinnati, where now they have to they have to score to impress the voters. These coaches are, are coaching to impress those at LSU because it's not a good job. It's a great job. Like you said, it's at least top It's a great five. job. It's a great job, right? And so, like, now Brian Kelly's going against USC this weekend. I don't think that's going to enter Brian Kelly's mind. I want the USC job. It might. I don't know. You know, it could. But, you know, LSU, LSU is one of those jobs where, like, you know, no matter how good of a job you think you have, that one's better. That one's better. And if you're Lane Kiffin at Mississippi and, and you can do something to impress them, I think that's what you're going to do. Lane Kiffin working assiduously, painstakingly, diligently. Hard. Yeah. I mean, just check that schedule. Check that schedule. I think it's. I think the line, and I think it's going to affect the line. There, he's not going to let up. Let me just put it to you that way. Let me let me give you a name, and tell me. And now he's given a quote, but the quotes don't matter. If you're LSU, are you tripping over yourself to get to Clemson, South Carolina, and take to Dabo? A, yeah. I mean, look, I, I I think Dabo probably would feel like I've got a better job because Dabo's in the ACC. This is a down year for him. But he knows he can control his destiny in the ACC. You go to LSU, you know, every Saturday night's a, a hard one now, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Dabo likes boxing against Georgia from afar, not from in the trenches with him. That would be my recommendation. If Dabo said to me, should I go after the LSU job? I said, why would you do that? You got a better job here. You, you've built this program. That's fascinating it's, it's that really, you say that, though, because think about what he's built there. It's but the facilities are incredible. The school's the main school in the state, right? He's got a national recruiting platform, 
right? It's a great quality of life living in, in, in Anderson, South Carolina. And so for him to leave that job to go to LSU, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, particularly considering that now you've got Oklahoma coming in. Now you've got Texas coming. Where I could stay here at a- in the ACC and I can, you know, I'm going to beat Duke. I'm going to beat Wake because they're going to be up and down every year. I got Syracuse, you know, I, and I'm going to get in the Final Four every year. And plus the assumption would be with Dabo, if he is going to jump, it would be Alabama where he born, raised, It play. would be Alabama where he was a wide receiver coach, or maybe it would be the NFL. Maybe that would be the step. Right now, LSU, Mississippi, that number open 10 and a half actually coming down a little bit here. We've got nine listed, but I do see a couple eight and a half, eight at Westgate. So I don't know. It's interesting. You always look for that first, that game. We always talk about that first game bump from a new coach, new energy, and then it starts to even out and regresses back to yeah. the mean to what you are. Look, I know LSU has problems on defense. I mean, Mississippi has problems on defense, but I can promise you this. This game is means so much to Lane Kiffin. And I've had no conversations with Lane. I just know the mentality of coaches. I know coaches that think that this is really a good job. I know that. I, I, I don't have to ask five people what the LSU job means, right? I know it's a great job. And if you have a chance and you're at one of those schools at Mississippi where you're going to be good one year but maybe never compete for a national championship and you can get the LSU job and you're going to be in the conversation, you're all over that. The irony, Ed Ogeron flamed out at Ole Miss as the head coach there. Did a terrible job. Yeah. He's a recruiter. He's a defensive line coach and a recruiter. Right. And once the game starts, he's no help. And uh, don't meet him at a gas station. Uh, anyway, the uh, one thing I will say is yeah. you, you said defense with LSU and Ole Miss. Uh, what defense? The total 77. <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy. I know. They both are bad on defense. But I, I think, I mean, I'm going to go. Look, I thought I thought the Johnson kid played really good. Uh, uh, Brad Johnson's son played really good last week, and they ran the ball effectively. But for me, I, I just think this is one of those where this is, this game means a lot to Lane. Hypothetically, and this is just random and hypothetic, if – you, if you're at, at a program and the coach is bringing around his girlfriend and he brings the girlfriend's children and allows them to participate in drills, that would probably be off-putting to literally everybody. Is that just hypothetical? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's more than hypothetical. Like, I, th- that would be all over. I would be done with that. I mean, it's embarrassing. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. There it is. it is. Good good stuff. And great point about uh, – I like the point about – the imp- trying to make an impression with Kiffin this weekend hosting LSU. West is next here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. 
It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, become a weekend warrior at BetMGM. It's the king of sportsbooks. So this is a free-to-play challenge where you can win up to 50K for correctly picking the highest-scoring pro football teams during the weekend. Simply log into your account, and you find the king of the weekend contest in the promo selection, right section up at the top there. And then once you click on that, you're ready to go. You pick six teams you think will score the most points from selected games. $1,000 will go to the top entry each week. And if you guess all six right in order, the grand prize of 50K could be yours. It's pretty cool. That MGM.com, plus there's a bunch of other prizes that are associated with the contest. BetMGM.com, BetMGM app. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Mr. Heat, Michael Lombardi hanging out there uh, in Jersey <laughs> with Mr. Sixer, Bill Berman. And then they're going to the, uh, what's the, what's the, well, I don't want to give it away, but you're going to like an exclusive well, no, it's club fine. Tonight. You can't, it's a private club. It's like, it's really, it's like going in to see the wizard of Oz. They have this little door that you, that, that you knock on and the guy opens up and he peeks through like, it's truly like the wizard of Oz. And he looks at you and you have to show him your member card. And then you get into this foyer and then you finally get into the, the, the restaurant and he seats you. It's like a speed plaza, Palazzo Social Club. Like a called. speakeasy. Like in New York, where the one time I was at a bar yeah. and there was a phone booth, and the phone booth opened, and you go down there, and it was debauchery. It's like this. It was. Yeah. It was. It was wild. Great idea. They should bring them back. People would love that. People would love that. Thomas Gable was talking about doing that at the Borgata. You know, you enter into the speakeasy, you go through a back door. Everybody likes going to the Bat Cave. You know, like who wouldn't like to go down the back? You know, who wouldn't want to be Bruce Wayne and slide down that pole and become Batman? You know, you <laughs> slide down the pole and you're in a restaurant. I can guarantee you, our next guest is going to be sitting at the cool table down He's in the cool Batman. bar. Wes, yeah. Wes Reynolds, of course, a VEASAN host, joins us now. Hey, Wes, happy Friday. How you doing, man? 
Good to be with you guys. I'm just a little hillbilly from Indiana. I don't get invited to all these exclusive clubs, guys. Come on me, me neither. That's a Lombardi Berman uh, thing they've got going on now. No, yeah, you, you got to join. They invite you. You join. It's all good, you know. It's yeah, all good. my, my subdivision, my subdivision in Henderson, Nevada, ain't exactly popping on this Friday night. I promise you that. Although Cheryl is excited about VGK. Anywho, we uh, first off, Wes. Saturdays, of course, Sundays green zone i always like to ask you how's it going the seven hours you enjoying the process yeah it's going well now we're getting in the bye week so we have less games i looked at the sunday slate and it's like we only got six 10 a.m pacific time games it's like what are we going to do with ourselves we're usually used to nine games in the morning then four in the afternoon so uh with a lot of these bye weeks and then no london game this week and when i was looking through the card just from a betting perspective because we get in our contest entries over the weekend for Circa and Westgate uh, Super Contest. It's hard to find five games this week when you've got three of them where there's huge double-digit spreads. And it was just really hard, I think, to find five games. I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Well, you really? felt- you think that that's, you, you, it's hard to find? You think because of the – and last week we saw those double-digit spreads kind of come through. Are you reluctant at – are you thinking this week will be better for the dogs because the the favorites were so strong last week? Well, I mean, I think it's still going to continue to kind of even out where maybe you have slightly more favorites than underdogs. But I feel like in these one of these three big spreads, like one of the favorites is going to easily cover. One of the dogs is going to go cover and one of them is kind of going to be around because initially when I see all those big points in the NFL, I want to take the underdog because Arizona is in kind of a little bit of a dead zone spot. But this is obviously a big game for Hopkins and Watt playing against their old teams that didn't really end well in Houston for either of them with everything that went on down there. So maybe they decide they want to lay a wood to this Houston team. And the same thing with Detroit and the Rams. Now, I end up leaning Detroit just in that spot because I kind of think this could be a flat type of game for the Rams. And obviously, Jared Goff, they're still winless. So he at least would be motivated to beat his, you know, to compete with his old team that obviously sent him packing. But it's just, it's so hard to get there with some of these teams. Well, let me ask you this, please. I I want to, this one is the one that strikes me. Houston 17 and a half. Is it 18 and a half now? I think it's 17 and a half in the contest, 18 and a half. Arizona has a bot has a game Thursday night. I mean, at some point, if you're up by two touchdowns in the fourth or you're up by 21, aren't you going to take your guys off the field and say, okay, I got this thing. Isn't that a lot of points, especially when you know Thursday, you're going to have to get Watt back out there in a really, really important game. I mean, the only thing that would make me lean towards taking Houston in this game is because Green Bay's coming to town in four days. Yeah, and that's a great point, Michael, and that's why I think that this is kind of made for an end game here because I could totally see if you're in the fourth quarter and you're up double digits, it's a comfortable enough lead where if you're Arizona and Cliff Kingsbury, you don't feel threatened that you're going to lose the game. But the last thing you want out there is Kyler Murray taking a hit 
from some, you know, second or third string pass rusher that knows he's on a bad team that's heading toward one and six on the season and it's not getting any better. So the last thing you want is one of your star players getting hurt kind of over an unnecessary play. So I could absolutely see Arizona maybe being a little bit more judicious in terms of using some of their starters if they know they got the game in hand. And that's kind of a a similar scenario for Green Bay this week. And that's why I did play the Washington football team earlier in the week and it's calmed down it's come down to like seven and a half it was originally 10 on sunday and that's where i would take it i I still took it i would still take it at eight eight and a half and whatnot because if you look at green bay they're kind of priced into the market as high as they could be it was very similar to buffalo on monday night where they came off that win at kansas city And now you've got Green Bay so priced highly into the market. But if you look at who Green Bay has faced, and Green Bay is a good team, don't get me wrong. But you look at the offenses they have faced so far this year, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chicago, they're all in the bottom 10. And so is Washington, really, for that matter. But some injuries are starting to catch up with Green Bay, especially on that offensive line. The center is now going to be out for two weeks. We know Alexander is out on the defense, their best cover corner. So, you know, Washington, I know it's a big leap of faith because they lost two straight games at home by double digits. Meanwhile, Green Bay has won two straight on the road. They've covered five straight, depending on what your number was in the Cincinnati game a couple weeks ago. But this just seems to me with that game with Arizona on deck and a likely undefeated Arizona team where Green Bay is like, okay, they're the Johnny come lately's. We're going to show them who's boss here. This just seems like a really sketchy spot for Green Bay, and that's why I'm on Washington. You know, let me just throw this to you, and I don't know if these stats mean anything, but Green Bay is 7-10-1 at home when they are favored by a touchdown or more against the spread. So it plays into yours. And I think if you're going to use the same logic on the Arizona-Houston game, I agree with you. You might want to use the same logic here. The thing that worries me is the more Haneke plays, the less effective he's become. And I don't love Green Bay's defense at all, Wes. I really don't. But I do think they're uh, they're offense at all. But uh, I mean, Green Bay's defense. But, you know, they get enough stops. And when the ball goes back to the Packers, I mean, can this Washington football team stop anybody? I mean, they don't stop anybody. They're 20, they get worse every week on defense. Yeah, that's a million-dollar question, Michael, because when you look at that defensive line, and I think that's why we thought maybe going into the season or a lot of people thought, okay, this Washington defense is really good because you look at that D-line across the front four, it's all first-round guys. It's not just Chase Young. It's Montez Sweat. It's a couple other first-round picks that they've drafted over the years. And if this team cannot get pressure on the quarterback – You've seen how pedestrian this defense looks and how much they can be had. I mean, Kansas City in the second half basically had their way with them and really did in the first half, too. It's just Mahomes turned it over, and he's turned it over a lot this season, a lot more than he has in previous seasons. So that's kind of the million-dollar question, but it's it's really a shaky spot. But if you look at Green Bay, I think they're priced – like they're almost like a Buffalo Bills, like they're this juggernaut offensively, and they really haven't been. They, I mean, they got away from the Bears like in the final five minutes That's last right. week. That's right. It almost, it's, it's, it's almost like he's having fun out there, and that big, huge completion that Vontae Adams kind of sealed it. But that game 
was kind of right there for the betters the whole time. I want to get to two more in quickly here, uh, Wes. Philadelphia here in town at Las Vegas. You're taking the three with Philly? Yeah, I am. And look, I'm not in love with Philadelphia. I think, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni is showing right now that he's a rookie head coach, but it's like you got to give it a little bit of time. But it's really more of a play against the Raiders just because you look at how much adversity they face. No team faced more adversity than the Raiders did in week six. You know, your coach being forced to resign on a Monday. Now you got a new interim coach. All And Michael has talked about this. All the responsibilities in the organization kind of switch around a little bit. And they rallied behind Rich Basaccia. They looked really good. Now they benefited from four turnovers. And then Denver really didn't look that great last night in retrospect, what we saw against Cleveland. So I think the Raiders did the us against the world. Now they come back home, and this could just be the letdown opportunity for them. Great job, Wes Reynolds. Enjoy your weekend, and Thank good luck, Thank you so okay? much, Wes. Appreciate you. Right, you bet, guys. When we Thank come, you. When we come back, I want to get your reaction to what Wes said about Philly and Vegas and then get to that Baltimore yeah. game as we continue here at the Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 